Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to show number 380 in our weekly series of Engage for Success Radio. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We are raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. So do visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more, and you can also sign up there for our weekly newsletter. I'm Jo Moffitt. I'm one of the regular hosts of Engage for Success Radio and Managing Director and Founder of Woodread. Woodread is a specialist advertising agency and we work with organisations of all shapes and sizes uh, and, uh, and sectors um, in order to help them use the tools and the techniques and the insights of the advertising world, so bringing their brand to life and brand techniques to life to engage their people um, and create high-performing cultures and great places to work. And the title for today's show is COVID, Opportunity in Crisis for Internal Communications. And um, please welcome today's special guest, Anne-Marie Kiernan. Uh, Anne-Marie is Head of Internal Communications at Kellogg HQ in Dublin in Ireland. And Anne-Marie is going to be talking with me for the next half hour uh, about the opportunity that the crisis of COVID has presented for internal communications. And I know from having heard Anne-Marie talk uh, at conferences and industry events that this is, uh, this is going to be a really entertaining and, and insightful 30 minutes. So welcome to the show, Anne-Marie. Hi, Joe. No pressure then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure at all. So by way of an introduction to our listeners, um, Anne-Marie is a seasoned communications professional. She's got over 20 years experience in a variety of industry sectors and has a real passion for storytelling, culture, and the next generation tools and, and the future of work and what that workplace looks like. Um, first-hand experience of the role of internal communications and how that is changing. Um, and we're going to be exploring some of these um, over the next half hour. So um, Anne-Marie is currently Head of Internal Communications at, at Kellogg HQ, as I said, um, and has a, a team who together are a, a driving force behind Kellogg's Europe um, Making It Happen culture. So, Anne-Marie, great to have you with us. Um, so we're, we're going to be talking generally uh, around the, the profession and how you see it and, and what you believe the opportunities have been for us. But before we get into that, I want to tell us a little bit about your own story. How did you get into the role that you are currently occupying? Um, thanks, Joe. Well, look, I didn't have a straight, a straight line into internal communications. I actually studied psychology in university um, and did a master's in business psychology. So, you know, which gave me a huge interest in people and what makes people tick, what motivates them. Um, you know, I then went to work for Accenture, the management consultancy used to be Anderson Consulting, and was with them for quite some time in their change practice and just happened upon internal comms, um, you know, tasks and roles um, at, through the various clients that I worked with. I, you know, I never really had an aspiration to work in communications because in school um, I had a teacher at um, 
leaving cert levels, so equivalent to kind of A levels in the UK, um, who told me that, you know, I was a reasonable writer, but that I was never uh, going to write a book. So what I wouldn't give to meet that teacher now and tell her that I actually write for a living. So, you know, started in, in, in psychology, you know, dabbled a bit in HR as kind of I progressed through Accenture and, and into Ulster Bank where I was and before I um, got into Kellogg's, but really have found finding internal comms has really kind of made me find a real passion for my role. And I think I found my true calling now. Excellent. So, yeah, as you say, you'd love to meet that teacher and uh, and point her in the direction of some of your work, I'm sure. So, yep. um, and and, and um, I've been kicking off all the shows in the last sort of 10 months, really, um, with all my guests, whether we are talking specifically about COVID or not, um, just to understand a little bit about their take on, on how they have seen the impact of COVID from a, from a personal perspective. Um, so before we get into the sort of the broader topic, what, what's been your, your sort of personal experience of, of the last few months? Yeah, I mean, like it's been crazy. Who's last couple of months, year in fact, because we're just over a year in Ireland um, since kind of lockdown kicked in in, in some sort of variety. So it's been, you know, I think it's given me a little bit of time to kind of step back and really evaluate what's important in my life. So family is really important. I'm a, a solo mum to a fabulous seven-year-old called Grace. She's in the back room uh -huh. while I'm on the radio with you now at the moment. And um, so, you know, kind of yeah. taking a step back, I realized that we were always very busy at the weekend. So we we're always doing a lot of things, going to places, seeing people, going to the movies, different things. So with everything being shut through COVID, it's a real opportunity to kind of slow down and examine what's really important to us. You know, family, human connections, you know, my parents live very close by, but I haven't seen them for quite some time because of COVID. And um, so, you know, really kind of reminding me, you know, what's at the core of who I am, what values hold true to me, what's important to me. So, you know, the, the, you know, the impact of being able to connect with people, I think, is is one thing that, you know, has really struck a chord with me in the last while, but not just in a personal sense, in a work sense as well, because, you know, I guess COVID, you could say it's this big social experiment, you know, um, you know, it's awful that there's a pandemic happening out there, but at the same time, it's really forcing individuals in a work context to examine what work is or what work could be um, um, post-COVID. And when you think yeah. about it from from the perspective of, you know, this whole notion of humans connecting and humanity, there's something in there in a work context for me as well in terms of how I do my role. Yes. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that is one of the one of the things, isn't it, that the learnings that we have we have begun to appreciate things in a personal perspective. Actually, those that much of what we've come to realize matters, we can apply to the workplace. And there was also that sort of breaking down of barriers that's gone on as well, yeah. that sort of. Um, osmosis of, of personal life interrupting business life, business life interrupting personal life, and those silos of, of our, the boxes that we put things in um, have inevitably had to had to be broken down, haven't they? And that's, that's definitely had an impact on how we yeah. approach work. 
I mean, I think the whole, the last couple of months have definitely placed a whole new meaning on the phrase work-life balance, if that ever <laughs> existed, you know, because Absolutely. our homes have become our offices. Um, you know, in, in my case, my home is my um, office and a home school at the moment. So my, my seven-year-old is completely out of school um, and we're doing um, remote um, learning in, 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 con- in conjunction with her teacher right now. So, yeah, the boundaries, I think, have blurred. But I think this whole notion that, you know, a slowdown in your personal life, I think, you know, equates equally in my professional life because I've had to slow down and really examine what's important for our employees. So, you know, I think sometimes we forget the person at the end of everything that we send is a person just like us. Um, And Mm -hmm. so they're going through the trials and tribulations of COVID at the moment right now. And it's super important that we meet those people where they are with content that's useful um, and that we don't overwhelm them or overburden them because God knows we've all got a lot going on in our day-to-day lives at the moment. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. And I think it is, I think one of the underpinning points around this is that it's different for everybody. Nobody's experience of this has been the same. Nobody's challenges are the same. Um, if there was ever a, a re, you know, if it was ever true for us to say in communication that you need to think about your audience first, and it, you know, if it was ever true in communication that somebody once thought that there was a one size fits all solution, um, you know, that that's absolutely been blown out of the water, hasn't it? It's every everyone's individual circumstances are so yeah. different. I mean, I think as well, when you, when, you, when you sit in a comms function, you know, your job is to put out content, right? So you're always, you know, there's always a frenetic pace. I mean, internal mm. comms, you're working on the next piece, the next video. But this whole notion of kind of, you know, saying, is it always about putting out, you know, a big volume of stuff? Or is it about taking time out to kind of understand what really matters and flexing your formats? So, you know, yeah. um, We've done an awful lot um, of video work through COVID, but it hasn't been the perfectly polished scripted video that you might see coming out of an agency. It's been authentic. So it's shaky cam. It's on, you know, it's it's video clips that people are sending in on iPhones. We've also done an awful lot on listening as well, because, you know, there's something in being able to hear your own story in a story of that of a peer or a colleague. So instead of, you know, been frantic in terms of organizing tons of events we have done quite a lot of events but we've also tried to incorporate quite a lot of listening and user-generated content so that when employees are interacting with the content or participating in an event they can hear themselves in the stories that they hear so someone is struggling oh that's me someone is juggling you know homeschool as well as their job oh that's me and someone is trying to grapple with all these new digital tools and technologies that we're all having to work with now virtually oh that's me as well so it just makes things mm. I think more human and authentic yes I think that's you're absolutely right and that's definitely been the case and I think I think one of the things you're particularly interested in is this sort of new technology and user generated content and this sort of the end of the broadcast from head office out and into the ether never to really know where it lands or how it lands or what people think about what they're receiving I think we've we're seeing a very different culture of communication, aren't we? And, and, yeah. and as you say, the sort of the shaky cam and the user-generated content is, do you think that's here to stay? 
Yeah, do you know, it's really interesting. So when you work, uh, where you're, when your job is to prepare professional communications, you know, I historically had a real reluctance against that type of content because I always thought, oh, it's going to make us look unprofessional. You know, it's our job to be polished, scripted, you know, to put the best out there. And what you actually realize then is that the people at the end of it know that that content is being perfectly prepared in a head office somewhere. So I think, you know, I, you know, initially reluctantly a couple of years ago, long before um, COVID started to experiment with it. Um, and I think, you know, you look outside and you look at the type of content that's on the news these days, you know, you could have what an earthquake in Japan. It's equally acceptable to have someone, you know, with their iPhone and, um, you know, videoing what's going on and submitting that to a newsroom now than it is to send in a helicopter with a big news crew. So, you know, the shift that's happening from an external news perspective in this case is equally applicable to what we do um, internally. It's definitely here to stay um, because, you know, that's why, you know, iPhones and all of the other bits of technology around that are getting smarter all of the time. So, you know, I think we all remember a time when a camera was one device and a, you know, a, a BlackBerry was another device and you couldn't do all of the things on the same device. Now, you know, your employees um, have a piece of technology in their back pocket that they can do all of these things on. If we want to continue to connect particularly with the millennial kind of generation who are used to this always on, you know, TikTok, um, you know, WhatsApp, all these different um, apps and stuff where they're used to bite size always on in the moment. There's definitely user generated content has to be here to stay for that reason alone. Yes. And, 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 and also, I guess, because if you, if you were attempting to be the sole creators of the entire content library in the arc of the story for Kellogg in Europe in your team you would you would sort of um, sink under the overwhelming amount that would be required so you kind of have to spread the load a bit don't you yeah, I mean, we talk about this notion in the team that, you know, we're not fortune tellers, we don't have a crystal ball, so we cannot possibly see everything that's going on in the business at any one time. You know, we talk about this notion of the shift from being wholly content creators to being content curators. So it's about reaching out and helping others to find their story. I mean, we've had particular success in Kellogg's Europe um, using enterprise social networks, so in our case, Yammer, to kind of mm -hmm. mine for these stories and to get individuals to create content themselves and in parallel with kind of building Yammer as an engine for company news we've also run a series of um, kind of uh, video making courses if you like um, for the masses so if you're out there and you want to showcase a great story from your team and you want to do that in video how do you go about that so my multimedia manager um, he's a great guy and he has been instrumental in kind of helping us to you know, create some coursework to support that, but also reminding people of all the free apps that are available on the internet, um, you know, in, in the Apple store and so on to create your own content as well. So, um, you know, it's having a great impact because people know mm. it's not, you know, it's not all coming from a 
isolated comms team that's sitting in a head office somewhere. It's coming from every, you know, walk of life in the business. We're getting content in from the factories, you know, the first pack of a new product goes down the line, show us. And, um, you know, we're right. getting stuff from our field sales teams who are battling, you know, COVID out in the field and what it's like to do an in-store visit now with all of the, you know, COVID um, stipulations, et cetera, in place. We did a lovely series actually during the first wave of lockdown called In It Together. And the series was about, um, you know, meeting mums, dads, individuals, um, and just sharing their very personal um, experiences um, of what it's like to navigate COVID. So you had one scenario where one of our employees, his wife was a nurse and she was on the front line and he was doing all the homeschooling and his work for Kellogg's at the same time. And we got loads of other stories alongside that. Um, and it was really endearing. It was really warm and it was really real. Yes, it's that word you, you touched on earlier. You said authentic, didn't you? And, and that's, yeah. that's absolutely. And, and then, of course, people trust stuff that's authentic, don't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you can look at all of the Edelman research and plenty more besides that, that say, you know, who does, um, you know, who does a prospective employee and rate as credible when it comes to the stories that a company might put out and they like to hear from peers and people who might be in a similar position to them and then from an employee standpoint yes trust in organizations has probably increased um in the covid period certainly has in kellogg's our um global employee opinion um survey um scores were you know particularly peaked this year you know things like confidence in leadership um, you know trust in communications definitely went up but I think the fact that we have a better balanced mix now of stuff that comes from centre and stuff that's employee generated is helping that. Yes so what would you say has been the biggest um, opportunity that, that Covid has presented to you as a, as a function? I would say dialing up our partnership with IT. Now, I am very fortunate that I have a really um, progressive IT um, kind of function to work with in Kellogg's. They um, hand and glove supported us during COVID to adapt to new formats ourselves. So we sort of knew what Microsoft Teams were was at the beginning of all of this. And then we literally had a baptism of fire to the point where we actually broadcast on Microsoft Teams now in-house with the support of our IT colleagues for some of the events that we run. So I think, you know, they have for some time talked about concepts like, you know, the digital future, the workplace of the future, um, you know, and, you know, some people will argue, oh, if it's tools or it's, if it's techie stuff, that belongs to IT. I've never had that opinion. I've always thought that partnering with IT is important. But I think our, we're getting closer to each other um, through the COVID process. So, you know, learning um, on the fly ourselves, um, but also bringing the kind of digital fitness agenda closer to the employee um, engagement agenda and taking us out the far side which means that through this we're creating what the future of work could look like at Kellogg's so with more remote work and um, with more virtual collaboration and, and so on. Mm -hmm. It's interesting I mean just let's, let's think about the future of work for a moment and um, you have an you have I mean you're working from home I think at the, what you said yeah. you were you're working from home at the moment you're balancing homeschooling of your daughter and, and I'm guessing there, you know, that's that's the norm at the moment. Um, how how have you approached engaging 
I mean, you touched on, you used the word employee engagement. I mean, how, how have you approached engaging that dispersed workforce? What have you had to do differently? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say, we've looked at formats and then alongside that, we've looked at cadence. So we would normally do a number of kind of big town hall meetings across the calendar year. Um, but they're spaced out. We probably do one a quarter. Um, and what we found through the survey work we did uh, through COVID, we did some pulse surveys and then we had our annual opinion surveys that, you know, the more frequent we were in communications, the more connected people felt. So, for instance, this year we have a total different schedule of events that's going to see us do more town hall kind of style content um, and incorporating then you know um, an app in there for kind of two-way conversation and dialogue through um, the session giving people the opportunity to vote on things and uh, to contribute to say word clouds and stuff as part of the content so 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 cadence has been important and then format as I mentioned so we've had to do all sorts of things we've built a um, a people portal with hr full of a big repository of tools for people to dip in and out of to help them um whether they're a line manager or um, um a regular employee um, we've done a lot of listening as i said so lots of you know just very simple listening panels on topics that we know are important to staff we started the first uh, panel Oh, I think way back in, it could have been April, on the subject of coping in COVID and just got people to share their raw stories. But then, you know, as the year evolved, we included more things like listening breakfasts and actually lots of panel formats, which, you know, again, it's there isn't a huge amount of preparation on those for internal comms. It's just identifying who might speak on the panel and prepping people for questions. But actually, the simplicity of that format has worked really well, because from an individual's perspective who's going to join, they literally just have to show up and, and listen. So formats and cadence, I think, are the two big things we've looked at, and then just continuing to closer and work hand in glove with IT so that as Microsoft Office 365 introduces new technology, that we're there that we understand it and then we can either leverage it ourselves in our work or help the business um, to leverage those tools and um, themselves we've had a big emphasis on getting teams we called it take your team to teams um, on Microsoft <laughs> teams this year and helping people to use the functionality of teams um, for better virtual collaboration if you like mm -hmm. so what, what's, the situ what's the sort of setup at Kellogg um, and Marie in terms of you're in comms are you are you part of hr or are you part of corporate comms What's no no yeah so we we sit in corporate affairs um so i'm head uh -huh. of internal comms i have a colleague who does the equivalent of my role on the external comms side and external is very much around kind of our um, bigger um, kind of corporate kind of reputation building storytelling if you like and then public affairs sits in there so that would be um, all of the interactions we would do with our um, stakeholder partners um, particularly in Brussels um, mm -hmm. but, but also kind of at a local government level and then our um, CSR team sit in there as well so all of the amazing work we do uh, to partner with food banks and uh, breakfast clubs to support um, people in need. Right, right. Interesting. And so, um, but you obviously have, as you say, you have to work hands in glove with HR and you have to work hands in glove with IT to really make the most of these opportunities. Yeah. So, so again, I would say equally, we have a very strong partnership with um, with the uh, VP of HR, Sam and her team. You know, I think we couldn't have achieved what we did achieve during COVID. You know, we, we, 
increased employee engagement by seven points in Europe during COVID, which is quite remarkable when you think of everything that people were weathering. But I think this kind of joins, yeah, this joined up if if you like for want of a better word or connectedness yeah. between ourselves yeah. um IT um and HR was was pivotal in that um and then obviously working then with our crisis teams as well who basically were managing the basically the incident management situation in every country taking into a fact that in some um offices uh, the office was completely shut but then at the same time, our plants were operational to make sure that we, you know, got boxes of cereal and, and Pringles onto um, supermarket shelves. So it, it is a close partnership. And I think a partnership that I see going from strength to strength in 21, as we look at, you know, lots of other topics. So mental health was important last year, but I think it's going to be even more important this year as people wave, in some cases, a third or fourth wave of the pandemic. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's a great partnership. You know, that it, it also makes for really interesting content because we have a huge remit. You know, I, I, in, in your description, you talked about Kellogg's Make It Happen culture. We have mm-hmm. a really invested area president who, um, you know, really um, values internal comms. Um, and, you know, we have this Make It Happen culture. You know, if, if I was to describe what Make It Happen culture is, it's it's this you know, kind of dynamic, innovative kind of workplace where people can bring their best to work. Um, it's a place where people are curious, people are bold. Um, so again, working with HR to kind of build out what does make it happen culture, um, you know, what does it look like overall, but how do we expand and strengthen and accelerate that as part of our COVID efforts as well? Interesting. I mean, how how many people are we talking about? What, first of all, in your your team, and then how many people are you impacting with your? Work? So, so we we've got about six thousand two hundred staff in Kellogg Europe, and that includes all of our staff in factories. Um, and then in in internal comms in my team, including me, there are five of us. So I have um, an intern, I have a multimedia manager, um, and then I have an internal comms manager and senior manager internal comms who basically, you know, we, we all work as one team, but they support different parts of the business. Um, my multimedia manager is all about kind of next generation tools and that partnership with IT. Um, and then my business partners in the middle very much face off to different parts of the business. So I have one um, doing a lot of work with HR and I have another one doing a lot of work with supply chain and IT. And then we kind of mop up all of the other functions underneath um, between us. Um, and then I uh, work very closely with the area president as part of my role. Right, right. It's fascinating to hear how it how it all hangs together. And do you did you find did you kind of have to think very consciously about the challenge that might present itself in terms of division between people that were continuing to have to go to work, i.e. the people in the production uh, factories and so on, and those who were working remotely from home? I mean, did you did you ever get a sense of any sort of them and usness developing or did you work hard to prevent that happening and not really and i think my best proof point is that we sat down i sat down with the area president just before christmas to kind of do a christmas message with a difference so we normally film a piece and but this time we just sat down for a chat and kind of reflected on you know a monumental year in in many regards (laughs) 
and and he talked in that piece um about the fact that really you know our plants were at the heart of everything that we did last year you know um kellogg's you know while all of our office based employees got dispersed and you know were able to connect with each other um over their kitchens and in bedrooms and lounges and and so on you know our plant staff went to work every single day because of them we were able to keep supermarket shelves stocked and because of them we were able to ensure that we continued to have products to um you know support some of the breakfast clubs that we support and continue to be able to make donations to the food banks and so on so i would say we did a number of pieces that kind of heroed our plant network, deservedly so, um, and talked yeah. about, you know, how they were weathering new protocols um, in our factories, how they were, you know, they did that. We did some fabulous pieces in Manchester plant in the UK uh, for Clap for Carers, um, mm-hmm. where you know I think there was one particular evening the factory, a, a number of employees from the factory actually went out in their own cars and went and made donations from the factory direct to, we'll say, an old folks' home or a, you know, a, a local community centre that needed the product. So I think making sure that we kept the the activity of the plants visible um, and hear out their special stories rather than taking them for granted was was hugely important in all of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very much about having your purpose front and centre of what you're doing, isn't it? And and, and really sort of showcasing that. We've got just over a minute left, um, Anne-Marie. These these will fly by. Um, But if we were just to sort of wrap up um, with a kind of ask you to capture what 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 one thing would you want listeners to to take away from this i mean perhaps you know what what does good engagement look like what are the kind of key things you'd want people to take away from having heard your story today well i would say one of the big things is is don't think about the future of internal comms as someplace out there in the future someplace on the horizon it's a dot out there the future of internal comms is tomorrow so from you know a practitioner's perspective i'd be cur- encouraging anybody listening to stay curious to keep abreast of what's happening in terms of external trends whether that be on employee experience or digital technology you know because we have a role in all of that and um, you know in terms of employee engagement going forward i think you know let's not forget that we have a multi-generational employee base now and that one size doesn't fit all and so it's important that we keep innovating from our formats perspective to make sure that we meet all those people where they are and keep them enthused and engaged where they want to be lovely um Anne-Marie Kean and Head of Internal Communications at Kellogg HQ in Dublin, Ireland. Thank you so much. That's been fascinating. I could have carried on talking all evening. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And we will see you at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. So thank you and goodbye. Thanks, Joe. Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.